CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovations. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sunjog All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sunjog All. Hello and uh, welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Join us on Twitter using hashtag CTRLive, hashtag retail, and hashtag loyalty. Our topic for today's show is analytics and retail, the new breed of loyalty programs. So we have uh, uh, an esteemed guest today, Sahal Laher, who's the Senior Vice President and CIO with Brook Brothers. How are you, Sahal? Great. How are you? Very good. Uh, life is great and business is doing good for you? Yeah. It, you know, now that the weather has improved, we, the Northeast is uh, much better than it was a couple months ago, so can't complain. Beautiful. Now, we, we picked up this topic, and, and I would love to say this on air, that I'm just about to become your customer because yesterday I was at an event, and somebody was wearing a brand new suit and a tie. I just totally loved it, and I asked where he's uh, buying his whole wardrobe from, and he says, Brooke Brothers. So here you go. You've got a customer coming to you. Now, awesome. that's sad. Love to hear that. Yeah. No. Yeah, so, so that's, that's great. Now, you get a new customer like me or many others, I'm sure. Now comes the point of gaining loyalty. So one person comes in there, buys something, and you throw them a deal or may have some other program. So that's the scope of what we are talking. Is brand loyalty just about sending a few coupons and, and just teasing them with price and discounts, or there is more to it? What, what do you think should be the face of loyalty programs in the times to come? Yeah, so, you know, I think that... Uh... Traditionally, when people think about loyalty programs, they they automatically go to thinking about like airline loyalty programs and things like that, where it's all based on on earning points or earning some kind of rewards that uh, that you can redeem. But uh, the overall premise of loyalty is is much deeper than that, right? It, it's really based on trust. So the fundamental challenge for the retailer or the business that's trying to gain and retain customers is to build a level of trust with them and really make it less about a one-size-fits-all program and really understand how they can improve the experience for that consumer when they do business uh, with them. So, you know, I think the I think the rewards piece traditionally has uh, – End up, end up backfiring because a lot of times people have too many conditions and too much fine print and um, exclusions that basically makes the, the rewards, it dilutes the program of the, of the loyalty program altogether because the rewards are so hard to use. And in other cases, it's very hard to keep track of uh, what you have. And it's in some cases now we also see because the, the loyalty um, whatever loyalty program you offer, those points or um, those incentives are all liabilities on your books. And so people are now starting to, to make those expire uh, more and more rapidly. So again, those are, these are all things that end up really frustrating the consumer um, more than creating that loyalty um, stickiness where you want the, the customer to, to be a customer for life. 
So that's uh, that. I think is is really the fundamental uh, challenge uh, that everyone is facing, and and I think that it really causes the programs to to become very ineffective if you go with a you know just a, a mass um, kind of mass media strategy where you just are sending out the same mailers or the same email. Uh, offers to all of your consumers without really understanding what is it that uh, you know this individual is looking for and and how can we create a a model that is um, better for them but again if it all comes if it all starts with trust then then even before you launch a loyalty program it, it really is imperative that you are easy to do business with and that means that you have uh, a good seamless uh, shopping experience, um, whether you're shopping in-store or, or online. You have the same offers available. And really that you, um, the store experience is really very reflective of what you want to be known for as a brand. And if you can, you know, if you can do that and uh, make the shopping experience seamless and you can really maximize every customer interaction, then now you've already you know, cracked more than half of the loyalty nut and the the rewards and points and things like that is really where you can start to take it to the next level. So would you say there is an actual conscious deliberate attempt to gain people's trust or is it more connection? It is more connected to how a business really treats its customer fundamentally? Because that's a culture issue versus something you will put together as an initiative. So, okay, let's go and get, get, gain uh, uh, my customer's trust. Right, absolutely. So I think that you you hit the nail on the head with regards to the fact that it really is a change in in mindset. And it's really a, the, the company needs to embrace that and not just look at it as a transactional a mechanism where you're, you know, creating a loyalty program and, and administering a loyalty program, but really looking overall at, at you know, how, how do we gain the trust and retain these consumers and retain, you know, not just their, not just the, the purchases that they're going to make, but also how can we use the, the loyal, our loyalty, loyal customers as advocates because that's that I think is another piece that really is not uh, you know people don't spend enough time on is you know making sure that your your loyal customers are spreading the word so what you what you kind of kicked off the the program with today with regards to you know your own personal experience with uh, you know seeing one of your your colleagues or friends with a with a specific tie you know that that is another example of how to create loyalty and how to attract and retain customers is through word of mouth and through you know really having satisfied customers that believe in the brand and believe in the product and i think that uh you know the product piece is also extremely important because uh you know if you again depending on which segment you're in so for for us at Brooks Brothers, you know, it's it's always been about creating a quality product and creating a quality product that uh, consumers appreciate and consumers um, really see that there's a a 
noticeable difference in how they're treated. Um, it, and there really needs to be an element of white glove service. So you're, you know, you're absolutely right. It's a, it's a cultural mindset shift, but, uh, you know, it's, it's really unrealistic to, to try and run these programs in a silo with maybe with just one part of the business. It really needs to be a, an enterprise-wide initiative, and and it starts really, you know, with with the associate in the store and and how they treat the customer, and it goes all the way to, you know, throughout the organization with analytics and marketing and and, and really the product as well, um, to make sure that we are meeting the needs of the consumer and we we are coming out with products that uh, that is what the the consumer is looking for. So um, when you look at the trust building and or even loyalty and, and somebody singing rave or giving rave reviews to another person who uh, may be ready to buy, but they're on the fence, that means we have to touch a customer or perhaps uh, wow the customer at every touch point across all channels for, for them to get that consistent experience. So is, is that where ball gets dropped? I think the ball gets dropped. Um, certainly, I think that the silos across channels is a very big one, and I think that uh, you know when you are difficult to to do business with because you have inconsistent experiences on your website versus what you can get online, when you don't have the ability to really you know make it seamless by opening up your entire supply chain and having inventory um, that goes, um, that has, you have an inventory visibility that's really universal. And it's no longer, you know, it, it, to your point, it has to be delight the customer and maximize every interaction. And so that means that uh, for a brand like us, where we have a very large assortment, right, even our larger stores are not going to be able to carry every single size color and style of every product. Um, that's just unrealistic. And so, you know, you can do, you know, the merchandising teams and, and the planning teams do a very good job of um, coming out with uh, with store layouts and, and the visual merchandising component to get our product into stores. But ultimately, there are going to be times which inevitably you come into the store and, and you don't find the, the product that you want. And I think the, the difference between um, building that loyalty and that trust and, and having the customer leave um, and be disappointed and go elsewhere because you're unable to, to give them what they need is, is really a very big differentiator. So, you know, it's, it really is imperative that uh, people break down the silos across channels and look at uh, how do we... You know, if you come into the store and we don't have the the shirt that you need in a in a fifteen thirty two in the specific color that you've picked in a slim fit, um, that we can get it for you um, very quickly. We can either get it for you from another store, or we can ship it to your home and make it seamless for you. And that should be done without having to, you know, then initiate you know yet another transaction and stand around for ten minutes while we get on the phone and call the call center and place an order. It really needs to be you know, one one seamless experience. So if you're buying three things and we only have two in stock, it should be one transaction. And we shouldn't ring you up for the two and then, you know, have you stand around for 10 minutes. So those are the, the channels thing, I think, is, is a very key point you bring up because, uh, 
you know we are we are in a different world um i mean retail the basic facets of retail have not changed but uh the digitalization of uh the industry and the fact that we are now in a you know a demand and deliver world where the customer demands and we have to deliver across all touch points is is really a different game and and it really requires a very different um you know, a very different approach and, and type of uh, of service. Now, one fundamental question I have is, I'm not, I, I'm not sure if I grew up listening to this intense loyalty program business. If we treated our customer right, people will just flock into those stores or those outlets. And they never had to do much of so-called special tactics were not deployed to attract and or retain customers. So, True. so the basis of this this deliberate attempt is is it coming because your competition is snatching away customers, or we are not doing something right, or we fear that we are not doing something right? So honestly, I think that uh, there's there's two two main drivers in my opinion. I think the first is that uh, you know we we certainly live in a much more competitive world um, than than the days of old. And now you see a lot more, um, you know, the ability to to find any kind of, really anything you want, um, anytime, anywhere, is is just you know widespread with the with the internet and the the online world. So I think the reality of it is that uh, regardless of what product you're selling, and we see this you know across the board, and we see people um, you know really. The consumer is a lot more informed and educated, and uh, chances are that, uh, you know, again, for for the space that we're in, which is uh, kind of the fashion space, the consumer knows exactly what they want. And the reality is that, uh, you know, while we have, you know, every brand has what makes them unique and the special sauce that uh, kind of makes customers love the product and love the brand the reality is that uh you know if you that that only takes you um you know so far and uh you know our uh, our chairman and ceo recently made a comment um about the fact that uh you know we're a 197 year old retailer and you know that that in and of itself gives you you know, a lot of uh, cachet, and it gives you a, a loyal following. And you know, you're seen as a, you know, you're seen as an icon, and you're seen as really a lifestyle brand. But the it's it's a it's a double-edged sword, right? Because um, you don't want to be, um, you know, known as as the retailer that is just uh, trying to to constantly push the fact that they've been around a long time as the differentiator for them being successful. It really needs to be the fact that, uh, you know, we're, we're old because we're good and we're not, uh, good because we're old. And, and I think that's, uh, that's really a very important, uh, differentiator because, uh, it is a very, very different world, and it's extremely competitive. The consumer is a lot more informed, and the reality is that if you if you make it difficult um, to interact as uh, and transact with, the consumer is going to go elsewhere, regardless of what uh, what loyalty you do have built up. 
Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, let's take a, a status check on, or do a status check on the loyalty programs that exist in retail today and their overall effectiveness. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to hp.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, what is the current status of loyalty programs today? I think the status of loyalty programs today is really very much... Uh, you know, outdated in, in many respects. And, and what I mean by that is that, uh, you know, they're all kind of predicated on a one-size-fits-all model where you come up with, uh, you know, some some form of uh, and a program where you can earn incentives and then redeem those incentives. But there is very little personalization or differentiation to um, really segment that program across uh, your customer base. So, you know, I think the the focus really needs to shift to a lot more personalization. And there is, I think we, the days of having a, you know, a generic loyalty program where everyone earns and redeems the same rewards is, is, is really um, ended. And I think the, the today's consumer is looking for something very different. So, yeah, I think the we're seeing a very big shift in that, and I and I don't think that uh, you know for the most part, um, you know, people are are looking at it that way and and really trying to um, tailor the loyalty program to their consumer. It really is still you know how do we you know how do we send more offers or how do we send more coupons um, or you know special rewards etc. So that that I think is is really how I would uh, classify at a high level the landscape of loyalty programs, and I think uh, that in turn uh, represents the opportunity. 
Now, you mentioned that traditional loyalty programs will not work. So what, what would be a good way to define the type, the tenets of a good, effective loyalty program in today's day and age? How do we define that whatever we are doing today, how what can be pulled out of it versus what could be introduced for it to be a good package? Yes, absolutely. So I think, uh, you know, creating an effective loyalty program really hinges on on consistent execution and, and high quality service and and I think that uh, you know once you once you have that piece that kind of takes care of the the trust piece that we talked about at the beginning then you know you really get into being able to you know transactionalize the the loyalty program and and I think the you know some of the the biggest components are really to understand how how are we aligning our loyalty tactics um, with the long-term experience that customers need and and value uh, as from us as a brand, and and that requires you know really I think this is a good segue into another piece that we want to touch on, which is really one of the focuses of today's program, with, which is analytics, and and I think that. Uh, as far as analytics go, they, um, you know, we're really just scratching the surface in terms of understanding the consumer. Everyone has, you know, a lot of data about their consumer in their own systems. And then, as we all know, with the, with social media and, you know, the the fact that uh, data is being collected at every every um, point in our in our daily lives, whether we know it or not, and that includes everything from whenever you swipe your credit card or whenever you swipe your, you know, a loyalty card, um, all of that data is being collected. And there are, uh, you know, there are companies that uh, that are taking that and really trying to convert that data into insights. And And I think that is where you know, the imperative is for retailers to go as well. And, you know, really moving away from just, uh, you know, everyone kind of patted themselves on the back by saying, yep, we collect a lot of data about our consumers. So we, we're doing a really good job. We really understand um, very well what the customers are buying, et cetera. But, you know, it, it really goes beyond that. And it really, you know, requires thinking outside of the box, um, you know, for a, for a nickel, you can buy, uh, you know, several hundred data elements of almost anyone in the U.S., and uh, that includes everything from, uh, you know, what are your, uh, what types of restaurants are you are you spending money at based on your credit card spending patterns, what kind of, uh, you know, vehicles do you drive, and what are your your tastes and and interests, and and that data can really be you know, can really augment the data that you already have, which is more transactional in nature and limited to your brand, to understand the consumer better and proactively look at how do we engage with this with this consumer. And I think the, you know, the, the best part of it also is that, um, you know, in terms of loyalty, right? I mean, loyalty is is not just about attract is not just about retaining your consumer it's also about attracting new consumers and growing your consumer base which really ultimately is a very large um, challenge for for everyone today so the that that when you start looking at it in that light you really can look at uh, you know 
maximizing the use of insights from other external data sources to see people that um, have tastes that are similar to your brand but may not be your customer today. And then target programs to really make them a consumer and make them a, a customer for life. So, you know, I think it. I think the the data piece is is really critical and is really something that is that is overlooked. Um, and I think, uh, you know, everyone really has a lot of data, but I don't think everyone has a lot of insights. And uh, you know, the the main benefit of a loyalty program should not be to you know, reward the consumers for their loyalty, but really to understand how we can evolve the the relationship with the customer to the next level um, and to really understand the insights and to proactively, you know, maximize every interaction by telling them things that just they want to hear. So as an example, when you come into our store, it's a much more compelling experience for you if uh, instead of giving you a generic uh, blurb on our new spring collection, we we know who you are and uh, based on our clienteling systems and, and your prior, you know, shopping preferences and, and your shopping patterns that we're able to, you know, maybe just pick two or three products and focus our dialogue with you today on those two or three products that are going to be of most value to you. And that is a lot more impactful than, uh, you know, again, the the generic um, interaction, which is which is the same speech that every consumer hears when they walk through the door because there's a new collection. So the the way the analytics has been created today, and you mentioned that not everyone really gets they get a ton of data and reports, but not enough insights. So what is not working with respect to analytics and the way that the the data and insights are being churned out? And secondly. In what all ways where we drop the ball or there are gaps from getting some insights and actually applying them in a loyalty program for it to be successful? Yeah, absolutely. So I think I think the gaps really, um, let's address that piece of it first. So I think the gaps really are that, um, you know, we, the, the collective, we are not really looking at... Uh, you know, the 360-degree view of the customer. We're either looking at it purely as, uh, you know, purchase history of what they've bought prior to today in the stores or online. Um, everything isn't put together in terms of really understanding the, the customer and knowing that uh, since you became a customer, here is every single interaction you've had with us. And it goes beyond sales, right? It should be every every alteration, every special order, every complaint, every interaction with the call center, all of those things need to be tracked in one place. And that that is rarely done today. Um, very few companies have a true omni-channel customer master database. And if you don't have that, um, it is going to be increasingly difficult for you to understand who your customer really is and what a you know, what is the way that you can maximize the data because the data will still be segmented and siloed. So I think it starts there. And then I think the, the second piece in terms of the gaps is is really, you know, how do how do we augment the data that we have in-house that's 
derived from our systems with some of these um, external, you know, lists of um, customer attributes that uh, we can we can acquire. Um, and it's it's not just about um, it's not just about you know going out and 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 buying lists and and kind of superimposing the lists into your customer database. It it really is understanding who is the customer, understanding you know what what are the things that are important to them, what are the the significant uh, you know events that they might have coming up that might require you know a different uh, a different product. Um, so if, if, for example, someone has a graduation coming up, um, you know, that is a, a perfect opportunity for us to then market to them and, uh, and, and talk about the fact that there's something, there's a promotion that's tailored to them that's specific to graduation. So that, those are the types of things that we don't do. And I think that it requires a, a very thoughtful approach because there's a, a fine line with being, you know, proactive and, and then there's a, you know that can very quickly turn into creepy, where the customer really thinks that uh, you know they they feel a little bit like uh, Big Brother's watching, and and how did you even know that you know I have Event X, and and that that can certainly be a turn off. So it has to be done very thoughtfully, and anytime you have that uh, challenge, I think you err on the side of caution and uh, and try to be you know more conservative than not. So, you know, I think the the other things that really can can t- help us take programs to the next level is uh is to leverage the some of the new emerging technologies and that is uh, an example of that is beacons. And beacons in stores I think are going to play a very big role um as we move forward not just for uh you know not just for for fashion retailers but I think retailers in general. And honestly, um, it's even it's even beyond that because uh, we really have to, you know, we we really have to look at uh, how beacons or things like RFID can help again augment the data that we have and allow us to to recognize that um, you know someone has entered the store and. Based on that um, and other data that we have, we need to to service them and, and speak to them about a, a a particular thing. And you know, by by augmenting this this data and using these technologies, you can get insights that uh, that can be fairly detailed if you're using a combination of RFID on your product and uh, and beacons because we'll be able to know you know what product is being picked up and and then not not uh, purchased what product is being tried on and not purchased um, and where are the the concentrations of customers in our stores and and where you know how can we do a better job of uh, of our conversion rate in a particular department and. Again, you, it can. It, it this is where it becomes a real-time, you know, demand and deliver world. And if someone has spent, uh, you know, 20 minutes in the in the suit department and they're they're leaving the suit department using you know geofencing, we can track that with beacons and and maybe send them a a, a real-time offer to say, hey, uh, we. 
you know, if you make a purchase today, here's a, an extra incentive for you, and maybe there's a there's a one-time use coupon. So I think these new technologies really become um, a very big part of making it game-changing. Let's take a quick break, listeners. Uh, we'll be right back. And uh, Sal, let's let's look at this mindset that we all have, even as individual consumers, is we always doubt and or or check to see are we with the best provider and and we always are sometimes the the and it it gets triggered sometimes when some your competitor goes and and tries to woo a woo a customer another time is that we ourselves are always shoppers and say okay can i get the best value for money or i can get a best better quality elsewhere or if they see an ad etc so there are distractions so to what mm-hmm. degree are these loyalty programs supposed to uh, insulate a customer from those distractions or building your own brand to such high level that nothing else touches and remaining top of mind. What all? What is the core intention of a loyalty program? Because perhaps based on that, everything else will follow. But let's explore that when we come back. Listeners, please stay tuned. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, Sal, if I were to create my programs or run my analytics, not just to retain the customer when they come and give them great touch point when they contact us, but also when they're not contacting us, but are being contacted and are wooed by our competitors, what would you do there? Yeah, so I think that uh, this again comes back to uh, to really looking at the effectiveness of your program by really studying the analytics um, at a very deep level, because to your point, um, there's there are there are two dynamics here. One dynamic is that uh, your competitor has uh, launched a program that 
is a slightly different flavor of what you have, and it's uh, it's taking you know some of your consumers and and having them be wowed by that. The the second is really to understand um, you know how out of the offers that we're sending out, you know we we really don't want to to dilute the value of the brand. And I think for for us at Brooks Brothers, that's a very big piece because, um, you know, we we are not, uh, an, you know, an overly promotional brand. We have uh, promotions at set points throughout the year. And fundamentally, we believe in our product and we believe in, you know, the fact that we create a, a high-quality product that uh, that may come at a... A slightly higher price than than a different suit or a different uh, you know product that you could buy elsewhere. So the what you don't want to do is dilute your brand. Um, and so you know it's it's a uh, it's really a copycat world. But uh, you know I would caution that everyone be very thoughtful about that and not just uh, jump on you know the same uh, you know. Introducing those same programs that your 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 competitors are doing, because when you look at the analytics of this, it's very interesting. Because sometimes you look at loyalty programs, and uh, you know, analysis of the data will show you that uh, marketing to certain consumers uh, with uh, with uh, a particular campaign is not even valuable because uh, you know, based on the, if you look at their their spending patterns and and uh, purchase history, they, those customers would have bought anyway, right? So, what you don't want to do is uh, is really, you know, create these campaigns that with and cast too wide of a net, because then you really will will dilute the value of your brand and and uh, you know it it also obviously is um, you know an unnecessary hit to your gross margin if you if customers would have bought at full price or are being sent those those offers. So it's uh certainly a slippery slope, but I think that uh you know it comes back to the fact that uh you need to look at this as um who are you as your as a brand? What is your brand DNA and what is it that consumers expect from you? And and I think if you kind of keep those guiding principles in mind, those should again guide um, the overall uh, strategy of the loyalty program, um, so that we can really understand the fact that uh, you know we we are going to draw a hard line and and we are not going to do a, a certain type of promotion or we're not going to do you know mass mass marketing of of campaigns um, with uh, X percent off, but rather we're going to look at um, the data to to guide it and say you know maybe let's uh, target the lapsed customers so customers who have not made a purchase with us in 12 or 18 months let's go after those people um, or again let's go after the people who are not even uh, you know who are not even our customers today so I think there's a there's an element here where you know you you can't just play defense you really have to to be proactive and and go on the offensive with uh with uh going after customers and um and and driving them in as opposed to you know relying on playing the defense of just uh you know how do I react to this other program that my competitor is is running and and how is that going to erode my customer base 
If you were to look at all the data that we collect, and whether it could be from credit cards or other type of transaction data or or even social media for that matter, all of that, and we're talking about omnichannel and other form of uh, sources of data. And if we do all the data crunching and insights development, the output of that in terms of quality of loyalty programs, which in turn is supposed to give us um, some retention or perhaps some some new customer, is that all completely measurable or are there softer metrics, which essentially is what organizations are looking for? I mean, are you driven, suppose you get your paycheck by saying, I'm going to drive this loyalty program. Can you promise them X percentage better retention or Y percentage uh, attracting new customers? Yeah, so that's a great point. And I think that uh, there is an absolute balance here of art and science because it is not uh, you know, that precise where you can have a, draw these one-to-one conclusions or, or measure these um, that tangibly. So I think, uh, again, I, it, the, the, the soft side of it um, uh, comes in and the non-tangibles, I think, play a, a huge factor um, in, in making these programs successful because... Uh, it's very, very hard, um, even if you have the best systems, to to really be able to demonstrate whether you know a particular purchase was the direct result of a, of a campaign or the direct result of a program, or if there were other, or if it was just one of several factors, um, or if it was uh, quite honestly not even related, and um, you know they just happened to to need that product that day and and because of what you had done to kind of build your uh you know brand um value for them as a consumer that they that they were in the store so the i think the it, it's it's a it's a, a very delicate balance and i think that uh it's you know another another caution is really trying to uh, to make this too scientific because uh if you really just kind of you know come up with 50 algorithms and then sit back and let the program run, you're not going to be successful because it, it really, you know, human nature is 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 not um, predictable and does not follow um, a particular algorithm. There's the the world we live in is is certainly more dynamic than that and requires the the programs and the loyalty programs themselves to be more dynamic than that. So. So while the data is an, a very important enabler and and must be leveraged, it uh, really should be looked at, um, you know, one, just one of the levers that we have. And I think uh, all of the other pieces, um, which are the non-tangibles and really, you know, building building your your brand image and and really making sure that. Uh, you know, customers understand what differentiates you is is extremely important because um, you know we've we've seen this certainly in in other segments where, for example, you know, showrooming right was was really taking away a lot of uh, business from brick and mortar uh, companies because if I needed uh, you know a washing machine, for example, I would go in and. Uh, I would go to Best Buy or Home Depot, and I would look at uh, look and touch the machine and and pick out the one that I really like. But uh, you know, nine times out of ten, people would then walk out of the store, and uh, again, the the new 
world we live in, the customer is more empowered and they would, you know, just search online to to get that product um, at the lowest price and you could um, most of the time find it at the lowest price online even if you have to have it shipped to you um, with now, you know, free shipping being a very big differentiator. So so that that analogy I think is very important because if you if you understand what your brand means, then you will be able to again, rather than having to rely on playing defense to to you know react to something that's happened, um, you'll be able to know that there's there's certain things that that you have in your favor that you can leverage, and then you know and then the science science part of it really can uh, take you to the next level because you can really tailor your program um, to just particular segments of your of your business. Now, you know, I bring up that analogy with the washing machine um, for a couple reasons in addition to what we just talked about. I think the, you know, the, the for, for us, um, you know, certainly showrooming is, uh, is less of an issue, but I think it's it's still an issue because people who come into our stores that don't know the brand and uh, if, you know, if they're a new customer and they don't know what differentiates Brooks Brothers from from other brands um, could treat um, our st- could store and that interaction as a, as a showrooming exercise and say, okay, I, you know, it feels like I need a, you know, a 40 regular suit and uh, here's kind of the things that I like and now I'm going to go online and 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 order it somewhere else. But you know, if you if your associates are are doing a good job of talking about the things that differentiate your product, and in you know in our case, that's everything from the quality to the you know to the fabric and what makes the fabric different, and the fact that uh, you know Saxon wool, for example, is uh, is really a very unique um, wool that comes from just a one certain kind of sheep and it's uh, the highest quality it's specific to Brooks Brothers that that, that makes it a lot more compelling and it makes it uh, makes the consumer really understand the fact that you have a unique value proposition here and while I could go online and probably buy a suit um, for a, a few bucks cheaper online, you know, I'm not going to get the Saxon wool or the or the things that make our product unique. Let's take a quick break, listeners, and we'll be right back. And uh, this is going to be the last segment, and we should look at what specifically we can do to really have a competitive edge. Because, of course, listening to this show and, of course, many other strategies that exist today, we might do the same thing and also as the same competitor. So would we just keep and safeguard our own respective uh, customers and keep them loyal, or we would also work towards gaining that customer base. And if we do have to gain that customer, it has to come from somebody else's share. So what is this loyalty program going to be so that we uh, in our own organizations are are looking at doing something, not what just our competitor does, but also innovate. So what's the innovation that's being uh, done today? How is analytics helping it and what is the outcome of those innovations so that there is some light at the end of the tunnel? Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back. Bosch Software Innovations is proud to sponsor this program. Visit www.bosch-si.com forward slash connected manufacturing to find out how Bosch can help you improve your operational performance and become a manufacturing industry leader in a connected world. 
Change the way you predict, manage, and produce outcomes. Bosch Connected Manufacturing. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Find out how the HP as a service solution for SAP HANA can help you gain instant, impactful business results without capital investment by logging on to HP.com. Transform information into intelligence and a competitive advantage with a full spectrum of SAP HANA products and services from HP, a global SAP hosting partner. are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sunjog All. Welcome back. So, um so if if you were to look at the competitive edge in in all of this that's what your your business leaders would want out of all of this exercise same old same old is not going to fly so what what yeah. what's the special what's new what's different that you'll do yeah so i think that uh you know the the key thing here is to to really you know learn from the mistakes of the past as a starting point right so you know, we we talked at the in the first segment of the program about the fact that uh, you know what are some of the turnoffs to to loyalty programs traditionally, and um, you know it, for ones that uh, a lot of people can relate to, I'll, I'll talk about the the travel industry. Um, so you know, in the travel industry, you know people were people have recently been turned off um, of the loyalty programs because uh, you know the you know what they've what some of the companies have done is made um the rewards unattainable or if they're not unattainable because of the the bracket being set so high but it's also decreased um you know the the times where you can use them so there's more blackout periods it's it's confusing and then and then the piece where it expires um before you before you use it is another is another big turn off so i think Going with some of those um, lessons learned and, and trying to avoid those, and really coming up with a program that is uh, that is simple and it's something that the con- customer understands. It's transparent, and it's not one where the customer is going to perceive um, or, or come away with the perception that the redemption's not worth the effort, right? Because if you if the your your program is structured in such a way that uh you know 80% of your customers are never going to reach a particular um TO or bracket then you know you've missed the mark as well so the 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 big the big thing i think is really to start to you know get away from that and um you know it really requires it it's a two-way street right because we have to listen um, to what customers want, and then we have to make sure that we have a multi-channel loyalty strategy that is uh, really built on 
on solid execution of of the customer's expectations. So, you know, you'd be surprised. I think the the omni-channel piece again is is a key one, and I think not enough, uh, you know, not enough companies really integrate that across channels. So a lot of times, you know, my online purchase goes. Uh, untracked or unrewarded and that's that's a miss needs to you know include all interactions and and I think the the loyalty tactics really need to be aligned with the the long-term experience that customers value so you know the this this really requires um, identifying patterns of behavior right that uh, that again are insights you can draw from from your data and you can look at lifetime value of customers and you can look at uh, you know how you know how you can monitor changes to to a customer and, and an example of that is um, you know we have a line called red fleece which really targets uh, you know the younger Millennials, and uh, and I think that 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 is a a very good example of where you know loyalty program done right can can continue to engage and uh, and retain a customer by understanding that uh, you know they're now going from for example you know they're graduating college and they're going into the workforce and you know maybe now they're going from their you know regular job to grad school and back into the workforce and i think those things really are important to understand because uh you know you can target the the customer in different ways when you understand those types of dynamics and so you know any changes to um you know to their to their income or their monthly spend or other predictors of high lifetime value need to be taken into account and a lot of times again this is going to require augmentation of external data um another one is is really to tie the data back to you know the the campaign attributes um for example um are are high value customers shopping in the store as a direct result of a a social media campaign or an email campaign or a personalized offer and again this comes back to the part we talked about in the last segment which is it is it is not going to be 100% um you know science and there there is going to be a component here where you we it's not going to be a one for one and you're not going to be able to track conversion rates directly against a specific campaign but i think uh you know if you if it's done comprehensively you certainly can tie everything together and and understand um how you know how your your specific campaigns and and attributes of your loyalty program are 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 driving your sales or not i think the you know the the one other piece i know we're we're coming towards the the end of our time here is that um you know there's there's data out there that talks about uh um customers and you know they they say that personalized offers um are are most impactful right and i think so so just i'll just reiterate the personalization component as well to say that you know starting or if you if you aren't yet doing it then continuing the personalized approach um of offers will really increase loyalty to the retailer over time and there's you know there's actual hard evidence that shows that in terms of metrics but then there's also surveys and 
and other things that um, you know McKinsey and and Gartner and those folks have have gathered from from you know some pretty detailed uh, analysis and and polling of consumers. Um, and then I think the 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 one final piece that I'll touch on is that um, we just need to make our customers advocates as well, right? We need to make them brand advocates and make them understand exactly what it is that uh, we makes us unique and why they should uh, spread the word about our brand. On behalf of the show and our listeners, thank you so much, uh, Sahel, for sharing your thoughts on how organizations can actually, number one, handle their customer loyalty as a strategic initiative and not just kind of throw out programs and coupons, which will have some limited value. And secondly, use analytics judiciously so that they don't get into legal trouble, but at the same time, keep themselves top of mind and thus retain and attract new customers. Thank you so much. Thank you. And listeners, I uh, hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation, learned a number of things. Uh, Sahel was very sharp, and he gave a lot of insights. Please follow us on Twitter, like our Facebook, uh, Facebook page, and also don't forget to join our monthly newsletter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care, and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Bosch Software Innovation.